Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And we're back for the next three episodes of Prodigal Son. And I don't think I'm, uh, I don't think I'm spoiling anything by saying these are maybe the three weakest episodes we've had in a row ever? Is yeah. Is that too harsh I'm being? Because some real, real, three real just, ugh, this week. Am I right? Well, I wouldn't call them necessarily ugh. I think you're being a little too hard on them okay. because... Um, I mean, there's stuff that's going to pay off later, absolutely, right? Mm-hmm. But just as episodes, I was like, okay, I mean... Mm. <laughs> that. Well, no, but that's the point, right? Yeah. Is that... We expect perfection. We do. Yes. Every time. Right? And you don't always get that. Yeah. And there's there's still some interesting stuff. There's still some stuff that's really uh, worth looking at and some interesting yeah. developments this week. But, yeah. again, very little really pays off. Like, And more importantly... The thing that we always want out of an episode of this show is for the case they're working on to really reflect what's going on in Malcolm's life and his family's life and with Dr. Bright. Sorry, Dr. Whitley. Uh, every time. Uh, I don't know why you do that. <laughs> every that time I, I do it. No, there's no explanation for it. I don't have any excuses. Just always. Uh, I call... Call one, the wrong one Bright and the wrong one Whitley and Malcolm and Martin. It's just, it's terrible that I do it. <laughs> yep. All right, so uh, the first episode is called what? Uh, just a moment. Face Value. Face Value. All right. This is the one that went right out of my head as I was watching it. Uh, right? The, uh, it's, uh, I gotta say, you know, uh, teensy teensy bit of fun here because in the background we've got the one interesting part of the episode uh so the main plot of the episode is uh people are being murdered uh with plastic uh with you know by by a plastic surgeon uh by someone who's mutilating their face and they assume oh well it must be someone who's disfigured and so he's mutilating faces and it's a logical thing to assume and then you know we go through the whole episode and it turns out that there was a lady who trained with these doctors, but she didn't make it. And then, like, literally the second you tell the, st- uh, the story of her, you're like, well, obviously that's the killer. Like, there was a team of uh, three plastic surgeons who were best buddies, and they were going to set up their own practice. And then one of them had a procedure. Uh, one of them fell out with the other three really suspiciously. And the other, the two survivors don't want to talk about it. I'm like, okay, I think we know who the killer is. Yeah. I feel like you should make your priority getting a picture of that lady ASAP, right? Yeah, and and uh how I was going to say how how surprised were you that it was the woman who was taking care of the um Yeah, the nurse who was taking care of the uh the surgery addict. Yeah, Yeah, not not shocked at all. (laughs) Like not even a little. Hey, this is just, it's, I'm not saying this is so perfunctory it could have been an episode of Criminal Minds. I'm saying that's not far off. Well, what it is, 
remember I said to you, like you asked me about the episodes because I saw them a couple of days before you did. And yeah. I said, well, you know, I mean, it wasn't bad. It's just that we're so used to criminal minds being awful. Yeah, and this and being so great in comparison. In comparison, but these aren't awful episodes. No. When I was comparing them to Criminal Minds, what was pretty clear to me is that they are what Criminal Minds in some ways should have been, at least, if you'd had. They're like one-off episodes. Not totally. Yeah. Not completely, but, but close enough. Yeah, but close enough to being one-off episodes. Mm -hmm. And uh, Criminal Minds didn't do it this well. I mean, no. that, that's the whole problem you're stuck with, is that Criminal Minds did it poorly. poorly. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And these are, these, there's nothing really massively wrong with these episodes, no, exactly. No, it's just, they, we expect better than a perfunctory episode of a pr police procedural. Yeah. Like, we expect more from this show than that, and this week... We, we just, didn't get it. <laughs> we just didn't get it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, and I had high hopes please. for the uh, Alan Cummings character. Well, we'll talk about the Alan Cummings character in a second. Let's get into the what I thought was the one interesting thing about this episode. Uh, the follow-up to Ainsley showing up at his door with oh. blood all over his hands was that she was playing a prank on him. I... And Jesus Christ, Ainsley. That's terrible. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, what I watched that and I'm like, oh my God. And the show, weirdly, and I, I want to know where they're gonna go with this, because it plays it off like she was she was lashing out at him because she was angry that as she points out, he spent his whole life being, you know, gaslit by his father. Now he's trying to do the same thing to him. Her. Her. But the her. But the problem is, it's not the same thing at all. No. The father, he like, he's thinking, she's had a mental break. If I can keep her from thinking of herself as a murderer, maybe we can get the therapy necessary at some point, you know, from me, to keep her from going down a, role that turn, a road that turns her into the father. Whereas he was mentally messed up by the father for X amount of time to cover up his own crimes. One of them is helpful. I mean, it's misguided, and we said it was misguided at the time. At the time. One of them is helpful but misguided, and the other one is abuse. And she's acting like what he was doing was abuse, and it's just not. And the fact that she thinks it is, is kind of terrifying. Because... Like, she is toying with his mind and pretending she might have murdered someone just to make him upset. I'm like, this is the kind of playing with people that I'm not comfortable seeing you do, Ainsley. Well, this is what Malcolm... I mean, this just shows further that she is her father's, her father's child. child. Yeah, exactly. And again, I still think... I don't know that they're going to do it. I would love it if they did, but it... How much of a payoff would it be if the the payoff for those scenes of her being great in hide and seek as a child were that she was hiding in his basement and saw him killing people when she was like four? Yeah. And that has warped her this and she's buried it and it's warped her 
and they gradually uncover it because it's like there's we haven't gotten a payoff for that she's great at hide and seek yet and i really want that to be the payoff yeah you know uh i would i think that would be fantastic uh but yeah like the episode is is perfunctory on the mystery side but I really did like the Ainsley stuff, because even though it uh, turns into a screw you audience, she didn't really kill anybody thing. It's still troubling. It's you know very, very, yeah. very troubling is yeah. what it is. It's... We don't get let off the hook just because she didn't actually kill someone. No, 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 no. The very fact that she thinks that it's similar is is very disturbing. Oh yeah, like, that no. she can think that somehow or another that this is comparable to what Malcolm was being did. done to Malcolm. Yeah, I know what what Martin did to Malcolm is it's yeah. just insane, and it and I think it's weird because I feel like the character I think like Malcolm is just so relieved that she didn't kill someone that he's not as troubled as he should be. Well, that, that, the biggest problem I had with the episodes is that Malcolm should be a lot smarter about this. Yeah. Well, he should be a lot smarter about a lot of things this I week. mean, yeah, well, there's that we'll, too. We'll get that to that in the next episode. But, like, no, I mean, he's, he's traumatized. He is, yeah. His mother is... Um doesn't again doesn't want to know mm -hmm. exactly they don't tell anybody and why is he so bent i mean does he feel so much guilt over turning martin in that he is bent and determined to make sure that ainsley doesn't suffer the consequences of her actions well, and that's that's one thing that really gets me, right? And this is why when we're going to talk about this next in the Alan Tudyk episode, which spoiler alert, I think I can say for both of us that we love Alan Tudyk. Well, yes, I've been watching his his show on um, on Showcase, the Alien Resident Alien. My lord, it's funny, isn't he the best? Like, I just I adore Alan Tudyk, and he's so much fun on the show. Uh, but we'll get there. But that episode reinforces something that a mistake I say I've been saying they made since the first season. And I stand by that statement. And that mistake is you are leaving potential dramatic options off the table if there aren't a network of rich and powerful people doing these awful things that Nicholas Endicott was associated with. Because if there are other rich people who are impervious to the to law and order mm -hmm. that Nicholas was involved with, well, then suddenly it makes sense that he'll do anything to keep Ainsley from being associated with Nicholas's murder because she would get killed. Right? Yeah. And that's, that's a problem with the series. That they haven't allowed for the possibility that there are other rich monsters out there. And you really kind of need that because that fits in with the themes of the show really well. The yeah, privileged people. And you have had, right? Yeah. Oh, um, absolutely. We've had other, a, a couple of examples. Other... 
where rich people and privileged people are involved in this thing. But you'll notice on the show, it's rarely the rich people that are the killers. You know, the ballet thing. There's all these rich people. Oh, the killer was uh, a janitor. You know, <laughs> uh, the the one where the super rich people who are influencers. Oh, uh, the the rich people who are influencers and a guy gets killed in his hundred million dollar apartment uh, during a party. Oh, it turns out the killer was just a criminal scumbag who was the father of the baby they adopted. Like, a lot of the time when we live in the world of... Oh, it's a rich family of importers-exporters. Oh, well, the uh, the killer is the illegitimate son who, you know, desperately tried to be part of that society. And again, that's a little closer, but even still, it's weird for a show that's playing in the world of the rich and the powerful. It's rare that the killer is one of the rich people. And that's a problem. Well, it's not a problem because what the rich people do is hire somebody else to do the job. <laughs> yes. They never do it themselves anyway. Well, I know, but make that it's, part of the story. Yeah, I know, but you, you're they're just they're they're looking at the fault. Yeah, what they've done instead, right, mm. is to look at the fallout of rich people's behavior yes yeah this and is the... mores oh, yeah no, ab- i think you're absolutely right that is a theme and that is yeah. a continuous theme that rich people have these playgrounds where they do whatever they want and the sh- the things that get shattered by it are all of these people's lives and yeah. it leads to murder and it's like that's an interesting sub theme but every but it's like i wish that was a little clearer and it being in the world of uh, rich people, but the rich people is never actually the killer is a little questionable. And again, it's the opposite of what Columbo would do. And that's why Columbo's the best mystery show ever. Because yeah. the killer's always a rich guy. Yeah. The killer's thinks... all, uh, always a rich guy who thinks the rules doesn't don't apply to him and is killing someone to maintain their wealth or social position. That's That's who the killer always is. And that's a valuable lesson for audiences, which is why Columbo is my favorite. Well, yeah, Columbo is great. I mean, and Phil Spector finally, you know, <laughs> did get it. Now, mind you, Robert, uh, what's his face? Didn't. Robert Blake didn't get justice. Yeah, that neither did O.J. Neither so, did O.J. Simpson. Yeah, well, except to... in his rest of his life. <laughs> yeah, except in every other part of his life. <laughs> from from then on, has been just a disaster yeah, because exactly. everybody knew he did it. And yeah, everybody knew he did it. Or, conversely, it is possible he was there when his son did it. Yeah, well. Uh, that is that is also possible because, I mean, we'll talk about his book some other time. But it's like, but if you read his book, if you read the If I Did It, Here's What yeah. Happened book, he basically says his son did it. Well, and not a lot of people have actually read that book, so they don't know. But I, I did. And if you get to the part about the murder, like... A mysterious character who's never shown up before in the book mysteriously, like, suddenly appears and does the killing. And I'm like, okay, this is your son you're talking about. Yeah, but then why didn't we stop him? Well, no, I mean, he was high on meth, too, I'm sure. Uh, but anyway, so the fun part of this episode, like I said, is is the window you get into the fact that Ainsley thinks that this is something you can joke about. Well, and that's the scariest part of the episode. Well, no, and the sh- and as she says, you know, the Whitleys always get away with murder. I know, Jesus. 
Again, going back to I am my father's daughter with that line. Yeah. And it's like, and the fact that she says it's smiling just makes you all the more worried about where her character is going and where the story's going. Cause yeah, and whether when when is Malcolm gonna have to, you know face up to what his sister is really like. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I don't and I think part of it is probably PTSD because he already did it to his father. Yeah, he's been you're right. He's he went through this exact thing with his relationship with his father and now he's forced to do it all over again. I mean, you really feel for him and that's why this episode I think had some of the strongest stuff in it because the Ainsley stuff is so interesting while the the main plot of them like the murder stuff just isn't interesting this week. It's no, just and, not. And I do not know why well, we'll get to it later on, but they introduced this this doctor, right? Yeah. At, at In the infirmary. Yes. Okay. And we don't know where this is going, so it's too early for us to comment on it, but it, they introduce a brand new character for Martin to deal with. Mm-hmm. Because Martin's working in the infirmary now for, you know, $3 a day. Yeah, as a janitor. <laughs> as a janitor. <laughs> Oh, Martin. How the mighty have fallen, right? Yeah, well, but then again, he does He does help. Oh, no, he does help. And we get a really great scene where he figures out that someone is having a severe medical, uh, like, a medical emergency. He's about to have a series of aneurysms. They have to drain the blood out of his brain in a very upsetting scene to watch. Yes. Very, very upsetting. But, I mean, it, a drill is a drill. That's true. <laughs> you know, I mean, I, 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 I mean, I guess I was probably less upset than other people are. Yeah, but I, I get uh, very ugh, watching that. Yeah, well, I wa- you know, and it was just to me, it was yes, the the brain is there, the bone is there. You have to drill through the bone. That's the problem to yep. be able to break the the yeah. blood clot um, that's just expanding. Mm-hmm. you have and, to release the pressure but you have yeah. to go right through the bone to do it and and the only I'm way to squeamish. do that the only way to do that is a drill and yep. of course a drill is a drill yeah so it doesn't matter you don't need a medical drill no you just no. need a drill you just need a drill with a small enough bit on the head and you dip that thing in alcohol and you just get to work it was still rough to watch. Like you understand why I got super squeamish. In oh that yeah, scene, yeah. Right? No, 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 no. Okay, I, okay. I thought. I mean, the thing is, is, is that it it did work out okay. And then she gives him a. It's a, in that one that she gives him the. The candy at the yeah. end. Yeah. yeah. In this this episode, and you know, and then we get to the very end mm-hmm. where you have. Uh, you're an Interpol. <laughs> what? Europol. D- yeah, jeez. I know, right? That was dumb. It was dumb. Just say Interpol. Nobody's gonna sue you. Come on. Uh, <laughs> agents show up at the uh at a crime scene in uh um Estonia. Lith- no, Estonia. Thank you. I almost said Lithuania. In Estonia, where Nicholas Endicott's body was found, and someone has been murdered. And as he says, this proves my theory that Nicholas Endicott was murdered in New York City. Like, I'm so happy Alan Cummings on the show now. Well, yes. 
It's just I two episodes, can... but we're going to see him again, right? Like, they're not going to leave that character on the table, are they? I hope not. Okay. I mean, I'm really I... hoping we see him again. <laughs> I, well, I love Alan Cumming, so. Oh, absolutely. I watched his show that, I guess, died on the vine. Which one? Uh, it was started with an I. Oh, indiscreet? Something What was like the that. show about? Well, he played, um, he was, uh, he was a university professor. Oh. And he he sometimes um worked on crimes, I assume. Yeah, for for the uh, cuz he was a forensic ah, okay. psychologist. He was a forensic psychologist. So every now and then he Right, worked. yes, and that's the one that famously uh, got into trouble because one of their episodes was an episode of uh Bones. They remade uh, they illegally remade an episode of Bones. Uh, on that show and so there was a bit of a kerfuffle with the writers union as you can imagine because it was literally like almost the same script yeah yeah and obviously other people didn't um notice on the way which is you know yeah which means they hadn't watched bones a lot of people didn't watch bones it's not a big deal all right so let's move on to the next episode Aruborus. uh (laughs) or Ouroboros. Ouroboros. <laughs> depending know. on how you Ara- want to pronounce it. Or Ouroboros. Ouroboros. <laughs> people, people like to pronounce it differently is the message we're getting <laughs> at here. And, um, I, but. Okay, so I'm just going to jump in with this uh, one and then you can say your thoughts. Uh, so first off, this is the nail in the coffin uh, for what I said was the interesting way to take it. That there are a bunch of rich people out there causing problems because when you start the episode you're like someone is killing everyone involved in uh nicholas endicott's death and dismemberment and being taken like the body being disposed of that's interesting uh but and i it's a very funny idea that he was able to just go through and i mean you question how he could have just gone through nicholas endicott's phone and it's like oh here's the number you're supposed to call to have bodies taken somewhere else in the world for cash. I'm like, really? It was it was that easy? Like, I believe that Nicholas Endicott would have a service to do that for him. Like yes. a network of people that he would use to, to do this kind of thing. But was there really just oh, a has... number in his phone that said body disposal service? Yeah, cleaner, fixer. Yeah, He has like... a fixer. I mean, it, it's the same thing on Blacklist. Oh, yeah. He's all and in the in the beginning, right? He's always had his cleaners. Yeah, that what find. they are, yeah, they're yeah. cleaners, and that's what this was for yeah. Nicholas Endicott. This was the cleaners, exactly. And this and here's here's my here's my. There's a lot of problems with this episode. Oh yeah, but this episode and the Zuckermans did it. I don't, and I guess they must have been forced to do it as opposed to. <laughs> As opposed to because their previous episodes, I've raved about the one, the oh, yeah. particularly the one that they did in the first season. Um, yep. So this is the one they were sort of given to write and they didn't have we much. Assume. They couldn't have anything. Uh, yeah, you were. You is, were uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like something somebody pitched because it is just a, an overplot episode, like an episode about dealing with stuff from the overarching plot of the series. Okay, and my my big problem is, is right. Well, first of all, I can believe 
um, that the cleaner is that close to Endicott because you, and, and you see it, as I said, you just go look at the blacklist. Yeah, I know. Right. The cleaner is indispensable. They know all the secrets. Yes. They know everything. But the problem what with I the episode can't. is that like, uh, and maybe this is what you're about to say. And if so, I apologize, but I was just going to say, but Either you could have one of two things. Either the cleaner is so close, right, that they would feel the need to kill everybody involved when they found out Nicholas Endicott was dead, or there it's just a service that anybody can call and have this done. And in the show, we're expected to believe that this is a service anybody can call to have this done. And I don't believe. No, you just don't believe that. I don't believe this woman. No. No, not I at all. I don't believe at all. Like, yeah. I believed in in the other show, in, in yes. The Blacklist. Right. I believed that Mr. Smith... Yeah, I know. Was right? this person doing this job? Was this person and did it and did it well. How is this 24-year-old, right, doing this yeah. job? No, there, there's no way. You know, there, and there, I will say something. There is a way it works. Okay. There's a way it works. But again, for it to work, you have, there has to be a giant network of people. Right. And that is, okay. I'm going to say something bleak, but if this 24 year old lady had been someone who went through their abducted human trafficking se sex slave system, and came out the other side, too old to be useful, but fully on board with the kind of criminal world they live in. They're like, okay, well, let's just give her a job to run. I could believe that might happen in that world if there's a giant network. But how would just some random woman decide, in the same way that people become madams for organizations after being yeah. sex workers themselves, I could see this woman when she's not useful to them as an object anymore, just being, okay, you're going to now be give a concession to run. And then she would just run that concession under the umbrella of this giant nefarious organization of rich people. Yeah. But the idea that she ran this organization entirely on her own. Yeah. And no, it's just not believable. Entirely on her own with a few, few people here and there, like at the, at the, at the freezer place. Yes, well, and also, I can't stress this enough, the whole point of this kind of handoff system is the various people aren't supposed to know each other. That's right. So, what is she doing? Why does she have to go all over the world killing all these people? In a system where everyone's, the whole point of this decentralized system is they all don't know each other, meaning... If you wanted to cover up your involvement, all you ever have to do is to kill the one person who knows you. And you're yeah. done. Because even yeah. if they trace the whole system back, if you've killed the person, the one person who knows you and her that's just, you know, one person, the the guy at the freezing place, she would just have to kill that one person because that guy handed off to the person who put it on the boat who handed off the person who takes it off the boat and drives it halfway there, who hands it off to the person in Estonia, blah, 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 right? Yeah. So you wouldn't have to kill everyone. <laughs> There'd be no reason for it. I don't believe this woman is running this system. I don't believe it's that easy to phone 
and have this body just carted away. Unless, of course, there were a giant network. Because if there were a giant network and she was just given a concession to run, then weirdly, she would have, she would be responding to a bunch of people all the time. Like there would constantly be rich people who needed evidence or bodies gotten rid of. So the fact that Malcolm, another prominent rich New York guy, called her up and said, I need you to do that thing you do, wouldn't think of, uh, like, it wouldn't appear to her as being strange at all. But the fact that they want to just say, no, it was just Nicholas. He had an organization of people who worked for him. And that's that. It it makes the world smaller. It makes the world less interesting. And it makes the world make less sense. Yeah. Plus, yes, if if she was, because they want to make it appear, you know, that somehow or another, either, well, no. And they want to make it appear that she cares about Nicholas Endicott. Yeah. I like like cares over and above the job and i'm going no this is you know that somehow or another there's a personal element to this I know. and i like it it just didn't ring true like it it there was just something wrong well it was partly because she looked like she was 24 years old and she had this curly hair and was this little girl yeah and um and, you know, and I suppose they thought that that would be a good cover, but maybe she was 35 and, and 40. <laughs> Just looked young. very young. Yes. You know, that's going to be uh, the, ex- the explanation. Well, yeah, she just you know. looked young. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Sure. That doesn't, that doesn't, you know, it really uh, ring true, but what the hell? The problem, and yeah, and the problem, um, yeah, with, with that, I mean, I just didn't believe it like i could see you know you could you can see if you're writing this kind of thing you have to figure it out look at ray donovan yeah the fixer to the stars yeah right that one makes a lot of sense this is a fixer she's supposed to be a fixer well no i mean and a cleanup if she was like what she really is and the thing is she should be that if they want the episode to work. But what we're told is literally she's just one hand on a series of hands that uh, get uh, sent out there. But it's like, where on earth could you possibly? And what I don't understand at the end of it is how could you possibly come to the conclusion? And maybe he doesn't believe it at all. And he's just writing a book and we'll, we'll see him again. But why on earth would you believe that she killed Nicholas Endicott? Yeah, I believe that. No, you can't believe that she would have killed Endicott. Yeah, you just can't believe it at all. And especially because they're like, maybe they she killed Endicott and she knew people would be on to her. But people only got on to her because she started killing the rest of the people. Yeah, nobody would have even thought. I mean, Huxley would never have figured it out. Like, that character was just so yeah. off, like... I love Alan Cumming, but this, but the character. They don't know what they're play. doing with that character. Yeah. Oh, they right do not. You. No, because by the, by the end, so I'm going, has he been actually bought off? I know. From his. He, yeah. From he's his gonna quest buy to this, this. He's, he's buying this, that this girl killed Endicott. Yeah. I know. No, he can't. And I was going to go it. write a book about it. Like, uh, Everything about the character so far has led me to believe that there's 
no reason he would accept this insane story that this random 24-year-old girl ran a network of people all across the world who were shipping bodies and for no reason one day, no reason that anyone could name, killed Nicholas Endicott and shipped his body across the world and then a year and a half later started killing the people who she used to dispose of the body. Yeah, I mean, like it's you're such just a going, preposterous story. I know. I yeah. I mean, I, this is why I was when I said to you about the, the episodes. I was, uh, you know, yeah. I like Alan Tudyk a lot, but the characters' reactions make no sense unless, like you said, well, he has been bought off by somebody. You're Alan Cumming. Alan Cumming. I keep saying Alan Tudyk. Sorry. I know. It's really bad. They're both wonderful, though. Like you know, no, yeah. like they're both. Go great. watch. If you want to watch something, go watch Resident Alien. What a wonderful show that was. Yeah. I'm just telling everybody that was just a riot. Okay. An absolute riot. Anyway, and that's Alan Tudyk um, yeah. at his at his absolute best. Yeah. So anyway, no. but let's get back to Alan Cumming. Hoxley. Yeah. You know, um, is it, it, it? No, I mean, it's it's like he comes in. The only mistake he makes is thinking that it's Malcolm. Yeah. I mean, he set his sights on Malcolm for right away away in terms of because uh, of his family association and not taking this is you see, this is what I didn't buy either. Like, he could have assumed that the Whitleys were somehow or another involved. Okay, I mean, Jessica was the last person to see him alive, to be fair. Yeah, I can see the Jessica thing. But to automatically go to Malcolm, why would you go to Malcolm, who is the one that turned his father in? Yeah. Why would you assume? Oh, well, obviously, you must be, and not only assume that he did it, but assume that he did it to impress his father, and he is exactly like his father. Why would you assume that? He turned his father in. Famously. That's like the whole story of the surgeon is that his own son turned him in. And you got this other person right over there, who you got two other Whitleys who didn't betray the the surgeon. No. Who were perfectly viable suspects. But is he just too sexist to assume a woman could have done it? But then a yes. woman did do it! Because we <laughs> know! To him. Yeah. Oh no, but I'm just saying he oh, also comes to the conclusion, yeah, he also comes to the fake conclusion that a woman So did I do think it. you're supposed to think that somehow or another the possibility of being famous again. Yeah. It overrides so... his common sense. Yeah, I think that's And is he finally, I think because of course Malcolm mm-hmm. manages to to get Ainsley, right? Yes. To to um you know, uh, put Hoxley front and center. Yeah. About his book exactly. and everything else, right? Yeah, to give him the, uh, like, he gives him all credit for solving the murder. Yeah. Right? And he yep. gives him all the credit for solving the murder, and she puts him on TV again to make him famous again, which is what he really wanted. Yeah. So, yeah, like, uh, it's, it's a nice wrap-up for the character, but how we got well, there... Makes like no because it reveals that he was a you know fame dilettante a, a, a dilettante and a fame seeking like he was more interested in the fame he could get out of hunting serial co- killers than he was in either a justice or b trying to understand his own life which is why Malcolm does it yeah 
And he's, yeah, and he's, uh, you know, and he's pissed off because Martin refused to talk to her. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And that is that is something they address as a possibility of why he focuses on Malcolm. But again, it doesn't really make sense. And it's this it's such a frustrating episode for me because this could have been there. And I mean, I know I'm writing in my head the episode, the show I want to be watching, not the show we're watching. And that's not always yeah. the best thing to do. But our version of it where there's a bunch of rich people with a network of villainy where it wasn't just Nicholas Endicott, where there's a whole bunch of people out there. All of that makes so much more sense than what we're Nicholas. actually getting out of the, Nicholas Endicott yes. out of the show. Right. Um, Nicholas ma- Endicott should have been the chairman of the board. Exactly. Yes. The chairman of the board of a sinister, essentially corporation. And uh, somebody else will take exactly somebody else would have taken over and now that person is running the new york chapter of whatever their organization is you know that i mean that's what you have that's what i mean it's what makes sense in this world it makes there being this organization disposing bodies make sense like i said it could make uh make sense why she was there it makes sense why if he knows there's a glimpse of this thing out there it lets him know. It lets us know why he's protecting Ainsley and doesn't want to turn over to the cops. Yeah, and like you know, all of this makes so much sense if there's more of them. But if there's not, nothing makes sense. And the most insulting part is the idea that this guy, who, like you said, he just gets. You can read it as he just gets bought off with easy fame. But it's like this guy who's supposed to be great at investigating, the smartest man in the world, the smartest man in the world believes this absolutely preposterous expo- explanation for what happened to Nicholas Endicott. Like, yeah, I mean, and you he, just and, don't buy it for a second. And he's right. And he's yeah. right that, that, that Endicott was killed in the Whitley household. Oh, yeah. He guesses it all correctly. And then right at the end, he's like, oh, no, I guess this random woman killed him for no reason. <laughs> yeah. That's the end? In, in, the, in the Whitley's house... Yeah, well, yeah, that's, you know, it's another conversation. Although, you know what I would love if as one of the reasons that uh, he suspects it was the Whitley's is he's seen photograph is when he walks into the Whitley house, he's seen photographs of their dining, uh, their sitting room and notices that the rug is missing. That like he notices the, the, that the it's, rug that they rolled it's him a up new, in. Yeah, no, no. it's a new rug. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, he notices he the notices. new rug. Yes. yes. That would have been great. But again, this is not a great episode. So, you know, we don't get really good moments showing his, like, the method that he uses to investigate and things like that. We just, we don't get the moments that could have made this episode sing. And, and the it's funny, really frustrating. yeah. And it's funny because it doesn't even lead us anywhere. No. Other than, you know, I mean, we didn't talk about Jessica and her sister Bertie and how Jessica's agreed. Oh, yeah, Jessica's write. writing a book now. I mean, that's going to pay off later because she's going to spend a lot more time with Gil talking about the inve- original investigation into the. Yeah. Like, that's going to pay dividends later, mm-hmm. but we don't know what it's going to be. Like, we don't know what's happening now. Uh, yeah, because Bertie shows up and she is out of money and her mother cut them off, cut her off, their mother cut uh, cut her off. And so she's got to write a book about Jessica if she wants to be able to survive. And Jessica says, I'll just give you money and I'll write a book myself. Yeah, I'll give that you way, the money. Yeah. I'll give you the money. 
and then I'll write the book myself that way they don't try to do it without me, which is what they would have done. And it keeps you from having to actually sit down and write a book. And Bertie's fine with that because Bertie yeah. just cares about the money. All she wanted was more money. Exactly. Why didn't you just ask me is what Jessica said. I know, right? Why didn't you just ask me for some money? I've got more yeah. than I can I got use. plenty of money. You know, uh, yeah, so that was a, yeah, you don't have to do all this, but it ends up, so she's going to be writing a book, which means she's going to be spending a lot more time with Gil learning about this, and that's going to be going forward. Oh, meanwhile, uh, Martin and this weird, sinister, serial killer groupie doctor have gotten a lot closer. They have a kiss. It's uh, very creepy and unsettling. And again, this is going to pay dividends down the line. Because she's an unused, because Martin initially assumes, right, that she is a washout of a doctor. Because why else would you end up as the prison doctor in this insane asylum if you were any good at being a doctor? That's the prejudice he brings in. But then in the drilling scene last episode, we find out that she's unusually talented. Yes. At being a doctor, which creates the situation where you're like, Oh, okay. So there's a reason. Yeah. Like, there's a reason she's got this job. And it's that she's got something deeply wrong with herself and her life. And I'm very intrigued to find out what that is. But right now, we're just kind of spinning our wheels to see where that plot goes. Because I, I would argue that the, you know, like, the the scene to scene, the stuff with the doctor, isn't the most interesting scene. No. No. But I I have confidence based on the show that it's all going somewhere. See what yes. I'm saying? Yep. So yeah, I unless, have some amount of confidence. Unless they do another three episodes like this. <laughs> well, yes. Obviously, if they do another three episodes like this, I will be very chagrined. And I will be very worried for the future of the show. But yes. I, I have some confidence that they've got a story to tell with this doctor. I just, I don't know what it is yet. And I'm excited to find out. Yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's see where that goes. All right, let's get on to the third episode of the season. Uh, thir- third episode, sorry, of this group, which is... Killabuster. <laughs> God. Killabusters, I mean, It's yes. great that Dr. T finally gets her own episode. Yeah. But it's not a very good episode. <laughs> and this is the one where I was going to say, how quickly... Did you know which, <laughs> know which of the members of the Killabusters it was? Well, there's two There's two men. And, and one it's woman. not going to be the one she has a crush on. And it's not going to be a woman. So I think I figured out who the killer is in the first time we saw all of them. The first time you see all of them, you know it's like, that you know, guy. Yeah. Because he's... that. Well, that's because he also looks like... Oh, absolutely. He looks like so many of the... Yeah, serial killers. If oh, you absolutely. look at seri- white serial killers in the He's United just like, States, this is absolutely the profile of a serial killer. It's just by <laughs> looking at them. Yeah, just by looking at them. Yeah, he's look. All right. So the plot of the episode is: there's a dead body. Uh, the vulture is tattooed on his chest, and Doctor T immediately knows what this is about because it's her. Uh, she's part of a online sleuth group. Right. Yep. Uh, that is trying to catch, fa- you know, trying to catch killers. And it's like, hey, more power to you. That's a great way to spend your time. 
And she nicknamed someone who had been showing ver- videos of him self-murdering birds on the internet. She'd called him the vulture, uh, which doesn't really make sense. Uh, vultures eat carrion. Yeah. Like, they're not hawks. Hawks kill birds. Yeah. Right? Hawks and owls kill birds. Hawks kill birds. Uh, vultures do not kill birds. They only prey on things that are already dead. So... Uh, kind of a nonsense name there, Doc, but we're not gonna, like, I'm not gonna make that the focus of my critique. Well, she's not the person, though. She gave him the nickname. I know, that's what I'm saying. Wait, wait a minute. Let me finish. Please do. She's not, she's not the person who's a member of the Audubon Society. Society. And by (laughs) the time he would have explained all of this to her. He's been It was too late. It's too late, right? The name is caught on. Yeah, Yeah, the name is caught on, right? It's, remember, it's caught on as a social media thing. That's absolutely oh. right. Yeah. Uh, so, yes. And it turns out, and this is the interesting, the one mildly took... interesting, please, it took? No. Uh, well, I don't know. I, I Before you get to the interesting, all I can say is it took them far too long to figure out it had to be somebody in the group. I know. A. B. There's a scene later in the episode where Malcolm's like, here's my plan. I'm going to invite them all over for dinner, interrupting uh, Dr. T's date. Oh. Passive aggressive, uh, yeah, Derek Morgan kind of move there, but we'll let it slide for right now. Uh, it's the kind of thing Derek Morgan would do. I'm just saying. Uh, <laughs> uh, but anyway, he's like, I'm going to invite them all over, and by watching them interact, I'm going to try and figure out who the killer is, right? And that's all well and good. But then when they're leaving, because, you know, they figure out what he's up to and they're like, this is all shocking, blah, 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 blah. When they're all leaving, he's still sure one of them is the killer, right? Yeah. And he lets them all leave without, like, following them (laughs) and seeing what they do next now that they all know that they're murder suspects. Like, you weren't able to figure, like, there's two ways to do it. Hopefully you can figure out just by talking with them who might it be like you did with the Jewel Heist episode. But if you can't figure out, your second move is to let them all know they're suspects and see if one of them freaks out and see what they do next. But instead, he just lets them all leave. And then one of them tries to murder one of the other ones. Like, I feel like you could have anticipated this was going to happen. Malcolm. Yeah, I it, it, these are weak episodes. Very weak. And this one especially so because it's like, well, why did you do that reveal if you weren't then gonna follow them and find out? Yeah. And why, you know, you, know, you don't have your your whole team should be following because you've got enough yeah. of a team to follow each one of them. There's only three people to follow. Hell, there's only two people to follow cuz two of them leave together. You know the killer's not Dr. T, so there's only three suspects, and two of them are together, and the minute two of them walk away, one of them stabs the other one, had JT been following them, that would have been, you know, dealt with immediately. Yeah. It's, it yeah, is it's, not a good episode. No, no. it It is, as I say, these are three very weak episodes. Yeah, like, just y- off you know, models uh... of the show completely. Yeah, you don't even get much in the way. You don't get Ainsley in here at all. Nope. And then you just, just get... just get a littlest, the tiniest bit, you know, mm-hmm. of Jessica. And the tiniest bit of the doc. And we see... Well, okay. And we also move the doctor and Martin 
storyline yeah. forward because we see that scene with the the guy in the uh, elevator who looks like he wants to like who of course knows that she's got this thing going on with michael and wants to with michael oh my god with martin, martin. <laughs> thinking of michael sheen now it's my fault yes. uh right and uh, you know maybe she's gonna try and kill that guy to keep it a secret like so there are seeds being laid right yeah. but not a bunch of stuff not having a bunch of stuff with jessica not having a bunch of stuff with um ainsley and the completely lackluster main plot yeah. makes this feel like one of the weakest episodes they've had well, you know, it's push. Well, the thing is, is that there's no subtlety to it. No, none at all. Right. That's the problem. Like yeah. I, I, we, we have expected subtlety mm -hmm. and we're not getting it. No. And suddenly. suddenly we're just getting. So where is the showrunner? Yeah. Like, yeah. why are you not keeping a handle? And again, so. I always talk about, and I mean, I think, I think we're in conference or confluence on this one. Concurrence is the word I was looking for there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> thank you for not, you know, laughing at me. Uh, we're in concurrence on this one that what I always look for in an episode of this show, like what I want to have happen is I want every episode to teach me something about Malcolm as a character, right? Or his mother or his father, or his sister. I want them to teach me something about it, and I would like it if the murder they're investigating reflects back on <laughs> one of the important, Gesundheit, uh, one of the important characters' emotional states. That is what I want out of an episode of this Every show. episode. And I think somehow or another they threw in the Gil and Jessica thing at the end yeah. to do that. But it doesn't do the big, it doesn't do what it's supposed to do, which is make it so the actual murder plot reflects back on it. Because this whole right. murder plot that's kind of interesting is when you get to the motive, right? The motive is he wants to keep the group together because he's never felt like he has a family and these people investigating him, he feels like he's close to them and so he wants to keep the mystery going. Well, and here's the problem. Okay, yeah. here's the problem. They the only way to make it sort of work somehow or another is that you get the business with Adresa getting dressed up yeah. to see Malcolm when he comes to just ask her about the pig blood. Yes. Right? So why aren't you following you could have somehow or another really fall back, uh followed up on her emotional journey, her flirting with this other guy, her dealing with her crush on Malcolm, blah 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 blah. And you could even like talk about if you want to make her one of the central characters of the show, which is great. She's very entertaining. Yes. Why don't dig into why she needs this group as much as the killer does? Yeah. Right? I mean, if you're not going to make it about Malcolm trying to build a family uh, with the police because his own family screwed up and the show doesn't do that at all. Because you could make the, like, if the show was willing to work at it and did another couple of few, sorry, a few drafts on this script, you could have made the comparison that the killer was trying to create his own ersatz family in the way Malcolm does with the police. Yeah. But they don't do that. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. And it's, it's like, there's a whole bunch of things that they're not doing here. This is getting us into... Um, you know, this is getting us into Criminal Minds. Yeah, Criminal Minds, where we want to rewrite all the episodes. 
But the fun, the frustrating thing about this episode is you can make it about Idrissa, like why she needs them. Like you can see her seeing herself in the killer, right? Yeah. Because he needs the group like she needs the group and will do anything to keep it together. Yeah. And she realizes how quickly obsession can turn dark. Or you can make it about Malcolm and the way he created his own substitute family in the way she's uh, the killer wants to do here. Right. Yeah. But it's neither of those things. They don't really dig in on either of those. Comparisons. No, and, and where are, where are, where are um, his two team members? Yeah. Where, where's Danny and JT? You know, they During barely all of this, show up in barely any, in the episode. In any hey, of the episodes. I don't know if we've mentioned this before, but Danny is Harold Perrineau's daughter. Really? Yeah, that's Harold Perrineau's daughter. I had no idea. Or I did, and I've forgotten that we talked about it. Yeah, no, we I, didn't I just talk looked, about it. Yeah, yeah her, her name is Aurora Perrineau. And I'm like, that's a really distinctive name. Is that, that Harold Perrineau's daughter? And it is. Yes. So I just... We'll always love Harold Perrineau because he was on Oz. Yeah. Just like Dean Winters. You know, it's like, you get a pass for life. Chris Maloney, Dean Winters, Lee Turgeson. You know, everybody yeah. get his pass for life because they were on Oz. Oz. I know. It's strange, eh? Because Oz is the one show I would never go back no. and watch oh, again. No, I would never rewatch it. But, oh, God, is it, was it powerful those. when you watched it the first time? Yeah, because it sticks. It sticks too hard. Yeah. Uh, it's... It, it, you know, whenever I think about it, it's yeah. just like, oh, it's, so if you haven't seen Oz. You might it is, enjoy it. Although I use the term enjoy <laughs> advisedly. Yeah, it is. It was a terrible show, but you couldn't stop watching it. Yeah. And it was good. So it didn't good. have, I mean, if, I mean, you could do a, sh you could do a thing on that to just go over the issues that it dealt I with. Know. I mean, uh, it, Oz was just this. Yeah. Um, I, you know, all of the issues like, well, and what's his face? It's Springer, you know. Schillinger and his, uh, yeah, oh the, the head Nazi. Oh my God. And now he's one of our most famous actors. Yeah. What's and that? he Why does. I blank on his name. It's so embarrassing. Uh, J. J. Jonah James from Spider-Man. Uh, J.C.J. Um, oh, this is bad. Initials initials for his first name. Yes. Oh, no, obviously. And it starts with J. It's not J.T. Walsh. It's the other one. Yes. Oh, this is so bad. Just look it up while we're talking. Okay, look it up while <laughs> just, we're talking. Just look okay. it up. Please, please just hit the keyboard. This is going to kill me if we don't get it right now. Yeah, okay. Uh, but anyway, okay. it's like he's famous now, but it's like uh, the Oz is what got him all that attention. Yeah, like that's it's what got him that attention in the first place and made him a household name. And now he's Schillinger, our... JT. Yeah, Schill I know Schillinger. I know. No, that's the character's name, Schillinger. Yeah, okay. Not the actor's name. No. Look to the left. Yeah, yeah. Just a <laughs> sec. Just a sec. Just a sec. Yeah, I'm on IMDb. Full cast. Yeah. J.K. Simmons. J.K. Simmons. Boom. Thank you. I but mean, yeah. It's like it's one of those parts where it got him so much attention. And rightfully so, he's incredible on the show. He's yeah. so good, but it's so hard to watch. Okay. And that is a description of every episode of that show. Okay. Here, Ernie Hudson, J.K. Simmons, Lee Turgenson, Dean Winters. Yep. Even Harold Perrineau, even Rita Moreno was in it. Oh, Rita yes, she fantastic was in the show. As the sister. Yep. Yeah. B.D. Wong. Um, yep. B.D. Wong was in it. Um, yep. As the priest. 
just doing an incredible job. And Chris Maloney was in it. Yeah, Chris Maloney. And then he went off to do uh, Sex Crimes. Oh, by the and way, he was he's... doing both shows at the same time. And he's going to be on the, there's a reboot of Law and Order coming up. Oh, no, and it just started. It just, it just started. started. Okay. And they're and doing s- that whole one one story over a whole season thing because it's about organized crime rather than like murder of the week. Okay. Robert, Robert Clohesse was in it. Uh, and then, oh God, I can never, um, can never pronounce this guy, but Zeljko Ivanek was in it. Yep. Zeljko Ivanek. Yeah. I'm just like, and. I'm and not I'm, going to insult um, the. I'm not going to insult the African actor with trying to pronounce his name. Yeah, that's exactly. He played Simon Simon Adebisi in the yeah, show. He played Adebisi, yeah. and he played Mr. Echo on Lost. Yeah, he was great in both. Yeah. Uh, but I can't pronounce that name, and I'm not going to pretend I can. <laughs> no, it's just like no, if I I've never heard him say it. Once I hear him say it once, I'll take a shot, and I'll be yeah. like, oh, okay. But until I actually hear the man say his own name, I am not going to take a risk of insulting him and anyone with that name by trying to pronounce it on my own. So there you go. Yeah. Louis Guzman was in it. Yeah. Sometimes. Yeah. yeah and uh, uh, and Luke hell, Perry. Dean remember. Luke, oh, Luke Perry, Luke Perry was, so was fantastic. in it. I know. So good. It's, I maintain that that's why he got the uh, that episode of Criminal Minds is that he had <laughs> played that part on it. Already on Oz, yeah, and Mark yeah. Margolis was in it. And... Oh, Mark Margolis was so fantastic. You know, it's an incredible cast. Like, it's an unbelievably good cast. Also, Dean Winters got his brother a job on the show, which yeah. was kind of amazing. <laughs> his real-life brother, Scott Winters, was on the show yeah. playing his pa- brother. <laughs> Tony Massanti and Patty Lapone. Ray yeah. Ion. Oh, yeah. I'm just I'm just looking. Kirk I'm... Acevedo, like we didn't yeah. even mention Kirk Acevedo, who's so good on that show. Yeah, yeah. And then like he it's... gets, and then he gets the his job on. Um, on Where'd he go uh, He was on. He was on. Wasn't he in The Sopranos? No, no. Kirk Acevedo wasn't in The Sopranos. You're conv- You're confusing him with Michael Imperioli. Uh, That's right. Yes. Yeah. Which I get it. They have similar looks. They definitely have similar similar yeah. looks. All right. But anyway, let's stop talking about Oz. As as great as Oz is, we're not... I'm just saying. Uh, we will wrap up this episode. But it's like, it's not a good sign when an episode of Prodigal Son convinced us to spend 10 minutes talking about our favorite show of the late 90s. Yeah. Oz. Well, because oh. Oz is an interesting thing mostly because it's like the midpoint between doing um like between wise guy and well the... no not what not just wise guy but like homicide life on the street nypd yeah. blue and then you need oz to get so bleak and so like wow that they're able to the next year or no, like two years later three years later start doing the wire at hbo i was gonna say the wire yeah, yeah. And that's what got them to what, the wire. It's like the midpoint to show that people can take this kind of content. Okay, well, let's give them the wire then. Yeah, because this one, because Oz was consistent throughout, right to the end. As we recall, yes. As we recall. Um, wire Again, we might had, go back and find out it's terrible. I doubt we'll find out it's terrible if we go back, but... I don't want to promise it's as great as we're saying, but I will say incredible cast, really hard to watch, really interesting. Yeah. And uh, The Wire does have a couple of seasons that are 
Uh, <laughs> it's a yeah. little yeah. They but, didn't. Uh, they didn't go as far as they could have gone, and that hurt it. Like the first couple of seasons were really good, and then a lot of people had a problem with. Se- You're not the only person to be kind of eh about season four and five. But uh, that was largely because uh, Prez, who's based on a real guy and who's the co-creator, based on a real guy who's the co-creator of the show, he really wanted to talk about his own time as a teacher and why the school system is breaking down. Yeah. And then you've got uh, season five, which is all about the Washington Post, you know? Yeah. Which is all about newspapers and the the Washington Post and, um, sorry, and the Baltimore Sun. The Baltimore Sun. Um, I don't know what I was doing there. Uh, but yeah, it's all about the Baltimore Sun and David Simon's time at the Baltimore Sun. Yeah. Right? And after the amazing, like, the level that season three does with the, okay, well, what would it look like if we stopped arresting people for drugs? For drugs, yeah. What would that look like? It's such a bold idea and such an interesting way to take a season that every subsequent season is going to look question like less you're not going to be blown away again no it's the way you were by that season it's just not going to happen no i mean amsterdam hamsterdam they call it because again they uh they don't know amsterdam so they think they're talking about hamsters it's a great season of television it's it's a great season of television and it's so sad well okay Never mind. to stop talking about Oz. The response then isn't, oh, let's then start talking about the wire. About the wire. (laughs) Because we have bad instincts sometimes. (laughs) It's just, okay, we got to fill up an hour at least, you know? I know. And these these three episodes don't give you, they don't really give you any place to go with it. You don't don't get any, any new revelations basically other than Ainsley is as bad as as we thought she was like the first yep. is still a little bit pushing it forward and you see that Ainsley truly is yeah she's got these deep deep problems yeah she is deeply sociopathic yeah there's no and, question and Malcolm isn't ready to cope with that no and she's going to there's going to be a situation like with Nicholas Endicott, where the solution is just to kill somebody, and she will and do it again. And she's going to do it because she already almost did. We all saw the Dollmaker episode. Yep. She already almost was. Well, she was ready to kill someone again, and yep. he taught he kept her from doing it. But the fact that she's ready and happy to use murder as a solution, yeah, that's going to be a real problem going forward. Yeah, because for that everyone. Makes- that makes her a different kind of oh, yeah. psycho- psychopath than her father. Oh, absolutely. Well, I mean, and we're going to find out. Like, I need, I mean, maybe the show's never going to get there, but it'll be a tragedy if it doesn't. I need to know what the hell happened to Mal- to Martin Whitley. Mm-hmm. How did he end up this way? Because, again, the theme of the show is that nobody is born a monster. Yeah. Okay. So- and they've got this monster at the heart of the show that they haven't told us anything about. Nope. We know nothing, nothing about Martin's upbringing and about his family and about his life before he married Jessica. And exactly. that's where the story is. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting thing that you're sitting here looking at 
this show. I don't know what they're doing. Let's just hope the next three episodes are better. Oh, we yeah. waited a long time for this. For these three I am episodes. terribly, I was terribly yeah. disappointed. At the that, episodes we got after waiting so long. Well, particularly after the first one, which allows us, which gives us this insight into Ainsley, where she says, yeah, the Whitleys always get away with it. Murder. Jesus. And then you yeah. get Simon Hawksley. And mm-hmm. you're just going, okay, so how this are they going to get out of this? And then they frig it all up. Yep. And then they completely mess up the episode. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, it's it's such a compelling there, end of that they, first episode. They to- they give you the idea that there are some stakes. Thank God mm-hmm. that we that we didn't watch it as a right episode, <laughs> episode when we I know. Thought because then we would have had to like wait three weeks to find out that there are no stakes. There were no stakes in that episode, Ouroboros. Bo- no, there just weren't. Ouroboros. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There, just there were no stakes. They turned they turned Hoxley into some kind of a buffoon. Buffoon. Yeah. And and that's And they wrapped up the Nicholas Endicott stuff in the least interesting way possible. Yeah. And the least Unless, believable way possible. Oh, yeah. Because not only not interesting, and that's the thing. We're not just complaining because they didn't do our thing. We're complaining because what they did is not only less interesting, it's less believable. Yeah. That's why we're complaining. We're not just, oh, they should have used our idea. I mean, no. I they should have. But that's not well, the only they, thing we're objecting to. And they don't have to come up with our ideas, but they got to come up with something that's believable. That's what we expect of this show. We don't expect criminal minds idiocy. Exactly. And that's honestly what we got this week. Yeah. Uh, oh, and fun fact, in case you're doing a, I mean, we always kept the record of what criminal minds was based on what. And I mean, this show doesn't do it as obviously as much. This is loosely based on the Luca Magnata story. Mm. Uh, the guy, the Canadian guy who chopped yeah. up his lover and mailed the uh, parts from place to place. Yeah. Um, the the cyber sleuth thing is that, and this is the tragic story of cyber sleuthing, right? Because they say cyber sleuthing has helped solve, and cyber sleuthing largely hasn't helped solve things. They say it helped solve the Golden State Killer. It didn't. DNA testing. Uh, his this the killer's name wasn't on anybody's list. DNA testing solved that crime because he had left DNA tied. Uh, crime scenes and they did the whole um check ancestry.com and they found his nephew or niece and then they found him uh but what's interesting so yeah when they say that it helped with the golden state killer that's just a lie where it would have helped and this is why this is an adaptation of a real life tragedy is it would have helped catch luca magnata but the canadian police didn't get off their asses at, because they don't treat animal cruelty as serious like, uh, this guy, the true story is a guy, and I, and I, spoiler alert, if you can't tell until stories of animal cruelty, jump forward a minute on the podcast. A guy uploaded videos of him murdering kittens, right? And a group of people on the internet obviously are pro-kitten, because everyone on the internet is, so they're like, we gotta get this guy arrested. So they go through his thing, they find out who he is, roughly, they find out his face, they don't know his real name, because he had a bunch of assumed identities, but he makes the mistake of taking a picture from his balcony, of what you can see from his balcony, in Toronto. And these people figure out exactly what apartment he was living in. And you're like, oh my god, that's incredible. And... 
So they call the cops and they're like, this guy's murdering animals. And so the cops check it out and like, he doesn't live there anymore. And that's where they leave it. Because the cops didn't think it was serious enough to go and check on a guy, like to track down and figure out who would torture animals on camera for the internet. Okay, well... Right? If we're going to talk about the Toronto police, just oh, no, yeah, remember. We all know about the serial killer in the gay village. Yes. Yeah. I Obviously, mean, they didn't take guy. him. This, I mean, they, they did, and he was killing humans. He was actually, you're right. You're right. I, I guess I shouldn't be surprised. But what you always want to say is if you deal with the obvious precursor crimes, you can keep killing humans from getting killed. You can prevent a crime instead of just chasing after after there's a body except because he only killed gay people you wouldn't have chased after him like and that's the tragedy of luca magnata story he killed a gay guy i assume yeah no he killed a gay guy so if he had jumped that just dumped that body in an alley instead of being performative with it trying to get famous the cops wouldn't have even looked into it because they sure as hell didn't look into the crimes committed by the serial killer who was murdering gay men in Toronto's gay village for five years. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was the, I mean, and and the really, and the really bad thing about that is that they already had this problem. uh, Mm -hmm. The problem with Paul Bernardo. Yeah. Exact same thing. That they didn't, I mean, they had him. And they yeah. just discounted him, even though he looked like what these it looked he was exactly raping. like the composite, the photo. Scarborough rapist. Yeah, he looked exactly like the photo, and they're like, "But he seems so." And it's like he's a such guy a nice in, guy. A guy walks in, gives you his DNA, because he did. He went and he gave him his DNA. But it's like, but he seems so pleasant. Let's not bother doing his DNA uh, anytime soon, even though he looks exactly like the photo exact well not the photo the photo composite we made he looks exactly like it to the point where paul bernardo in the interview with them and they all say this happened said wow that looks a lot like me yeah oh but he's so nice i don't care oh yeah Yeah, no no uh, i mean toronto the toronto police have got a lot to answer for that's true as we have just told you um you're right, you're right, you're right. You know, and um, about the only thing they did d- did right, I suppose, was was tell the government that, no, they were not going to randomly stop individuals to find <laughs> out where they're going. Where they're going. Why and they're in their car. This is a, a thing about the, the plague. We did yeah. a major lockdown. I mean, hopefully it'll be over by the time you hear this episode. Although maybe not. <laughs> uh, but we did an incredibly severe lockdown, and then... Uh, our premier, which is like a governor in America, said, uh, "The pol- he was giving the police the, poli- the power. I will give you the power to randomly stop anyone outside and force them to justify why they're leaving their house." And the cops are like, "No, uh, no, we're not turning Toronto into a Nazi police state." Well, no, we're every, every, people. every, I mean, even in Sault Ste. Marie, they just said, they would have the power. No, and, yeah. we're not. Everybody doing everywhere this. said, we're not doing that. And we're that not. Made me, Ottawa, everything. It they made just, me, are you I gotta say, nuts? It made me super happy about Canadian cops. And I'm not defending Canadian <laughs> cops on the whole, uh, right? We got a lot of bad stuff to answer for with our Canadian cops, but they all were offered insane powers and they all said no. No, I don't think so. Are you nuts? <laughs> Although I gotta say, there's like a comedy sketch 
there's there's like a comedy sketch or something like that or maybe even a horror story in like the story of the one tiny ontario town where like the two-person police department decided it would accept those insane powers <laughs> like a town of 300 people there's two cops but those cops are like yeah i think i do want those insane powers anyway that'd be great yes Let, let's go well you know you have to watch 22 minutes I know and, and they're not on minutes. right now i yeah, mean that, see if I they mean, come up with things, that one the yeah. things the things that that they're they're missing they've got to be partly i suspect chagrin to be missing all of this stuff yeah right? the stuff that they're missing right that they, could be doing episodes that they could be doing and it would be so easy in case you're wondering uh this hour's 22 minutes is the canadian daily show Although that sounds like we ripped them off, but in fact, The Daily Show was largely ripped off of This Hour Has 22 Minutes. Well, and it, and it changed because This Hour Has 22 Minutes has always had a composite cast. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And, Where they and, swapped people in and out. Yeah. Oh, and it's, and they have, and I mean, Marg, our, our, our warrior princess. Warrior princess Marg. <laughs> and that shows you, by the way, when they started the show. That's how old it is <laughs> yeah, that there's a Xena parody on the show. Oh, so my that's God. how much before John Stewart, this hour's 22 minutes was out there doing the same basic format. You know, oh, it was it was so funny when she would go go to Parliament and go and oh, t- and, and oh, geez. And, I mean, but again, we're getting so, so far, far off. off. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us as we try to find something entertaining to talk about. In a week with a very disappointing episode of, uh, as three episodes of Prodigal Son. Hopefully when we're back next week, or maybe longer, depending on how long it takes them to get these episodes. Well, they do out, have three episodes coming that are supposed, week? yes. three. Okay. The next three episodes are April 27th, May 4th, and May 11th. Okay, so and chances so- are you're going to hear us next uh, week, next Tuesday, still talking about this. But we're we're running up at the point where... We're going to be, um, we're going to have run out of episodes to pre-post. So we might start doing like half hour episodes the day after the new episode of Prodigal Sun airs. Obviously, we haven't talked about this at length. We're going to have to have a conversation about whether you want to do that. But I think maybe we should consider it. Well, I don't know what (laughs) I was going to say. Depends if the, it depends if the episode's got enough to talk about. I totally get that. Well, I was going to say, well, I, I'll, I'm almost up to, to posting, so I can tell you where this one is going to be. But, you know, yeah. I'm going, uh, if, if there are anything like these three episodes, we'll find other TV shows to watch Just to that we love. About. I know, right? Uh, I, I mean, I still like the show, but this was, this was not encouraging. No, this, I mean, I still love the show, but this was not encouraging. You know, and I mean, I still laughed. I mean, Martin is still the comic relief. Delightful. Yeah, he's still yes, you know. delightful. And, but I'm not sure that, that actually Dr. Vivian is, uh, is going to be an interesting way for the story to go. I, 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 yeah, I. You're not completely not, confident in that yet. Yeah. No, I'm not at all confident. So he, they're going to, they're going to the two of them are going to start serial killing people in the jail it does seem that way or she is and he's gonna 
turn her in to exploit something to move get more privileges and uh, improve his position like he's going to talk her into killing people and then he's going to use the fact that he's ki- uh, she's killed people against her to black i mean there's all oh. sorts of horrible ways this can go oh yeah and i mean i mean to have him sing were you yeah. there when they crucified my lord <laughs> <I know. laughs> oh that was nice that was really nice. Yeah, no, that. and I'm just, I'm just going. Okay. Okay, so where are you, where are you intending? There were, there were like mm-hmm. bits and pieces of, of potential stuff going on, yeah. but like, I, it's not like I didn't watch the show, and it's not like I sat there and and thought it was really bad. And, yeah. But when you, when you start, it was just they were all kind of, eh, you know, and I, I and we've had a couple every now and then like even in the first season we had a couple that were eh, you know oh yeah but these these ones were really when when you start to have to talk about them you're just going yeah they could have been criminal minds episode <laughs> they really could have all right so we are back next week with more prodigal son and obviously on thursday you're gonna have a new criminal minds episode which i believe uh yeah we're almost out of season 15 it's kind of incredible but then we've got as i've always said i want to remind you the show's not going anywhere we're going through season 15 uh we're doing our five-part series what is Criminal Minds, where we, as two academics, <laughs> attempt to figure out <laughs> exactly. I mean, you listen to those episodes, okay? Yeah. I consider it academia. But we're going to try to spend four episodes trying to figure out what Criminal Minds means, and then a fifth episode with 90 minutes of just us talking about Spencer Reed. <laughs> yeah. Because he deserves that much time all to himself. Uh, and then, of course, right after that five-part series, we're going to start with the pilot for the TV show Wise Guy, and then the show uh, will be Style Section, the Wise Guy podcast, while we wait for Profiling Criminal Minds to come back. Uh, sorry, for Criminal Minds to come back in 2022. So, fingers crossed this goes amazingly well. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, I guess that's that. If you have any questions, if you have any comments, if you have any suggestions for profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, please drop us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. Uh, if you would, uh, yes, if you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please rate and review the show because that is how other people find it. We'll see you back here Thursday for that, probably Sunday for a chat, and Tuesday for the next episode of this. But until then, I'm going to say that's right. Au revoir. And I'm going back to doing my taxes. Profiling Criminal Minds is a member of the Kinks Podcasting Network.